welcome to worship this morning. It's uh, great to see the house that's full this morning. So, um, Kidron texted me yesterday, and I spot open, and I asked if he had a chapter that he would like read. He suggested maybe we'd read the uh, 53rd chapter of Isaiah, a familiar chapter that we've heard many times. And we'll read that here in a minute, but I got to thinking about it, and I read through it, and it's um, a prophetic chapter of the coming of Jesus. I got to wondering how long uh, this was written before the birth of Jesus, and a little research showed that maybe approximately 700 years um, before Jesus was born is when Isaiah would have lived, and this would have possibly been written. And uh, kind of got me to thinking. Yesterday we were at a wedding, and um, I was sitting there in my chair, and it's a balmy 54 degrees, and the wind's blowing. And I'm kind of hunkered down in my jacket, and the groomsmen have came in, the bridesmaids have come in, and I was kind of, I don't know, wallowing in self-pity that I'm at my fourth wedding in six weeks and wasn't really paying much attention to what was going on, and uh, all of a sudden everybody's standing up in front of me, and I realized that the bride was probably coming down the aisle. And so I stand up, turn around, and sure enough, the bride's at the back of the aisle, and she comes up, and we continue on with the ceremony. And I got to thinking later, you know, what would have happened if I would have um, stood up and turned to the back of the aisle and for some reason, I didn't see the bride. The bride came in, everybody sat down, they're ready to continue the ceremony. And here I stand, and I'm still waiting for the bride to come in. And I think that's a little bit what happened in this chapter. This chapter was wrote, and they had um, prophecy that Jesus was coming, and they were looking for him. They was looking for the Messiah, and um, they were waiting, and he came, and a lot of people seemed to have missed it. And so, I don't know, I was kind of reading this chapter last evening and thinking about my day, and it kind of struck me that we uh, still continue to do that today, or people do. We have evidence. We have the written word of God. We have written proof of his life, his death, his burial, and resurrection. And we're going to celebrate that here next weekend. And uh, we still continue to miss it today, sometimes. And so, let's read this 53rd chapter of Isaiah together. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had, no, he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And he shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous <clears throat> servant justify many. 
for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. <clears throat> um, you know, growing up, I've heard this chapter at least a couple times a year read, it seemed, and I've always been uh, maybe slightly ashamed of the first part of the chapter, that we would hide our faces from the Lord and um, not recognize him for who he was. And uh, maybe that shame comes from my own life, uh, hiding my face from the Lord and um, not recognizing him as my Savior as early in life as I could have maybe. But uh, then you get towards the end of the chapter, you get down to verses 10, 11, and 12. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And those last three verses are the hope part of the chapter, in my opinion. They, um speak of Jesus bearing my iniquities away for me and uh, that I could be justified before the Lord and uh, he made intercession for my transgressions and to me that's the, uh, the hopeful part of that chapter to me so um, Ivan Levy I'm going to call you in a moment to pray do we have prayer requests this morning or praise reports Reminder to pray for the Noecker family as they deal with that situation. Don. prayer for a couple in Montana with twins, I believe, with some uh, problems, and that they would accept Jesus as their Savior. Yes. Yes, the 17 missionaries that were kidnapped in Haiti, I believe it was. Are there any others? All right, Ivan.
Thank you for that song, my thoughts exactly, and uh, thank you, Ivan, for the prayer. Um, Open your Bibles to John chapter 18. I want to start reading there, and while we're doing that, Jeff is going to put up a picture for me that is also, the title of this picture is Behold the Man. Uh, It's a, a favorite of mine. And I'm going to title my message today also, Behold the Man. This was, it's actually a picture of a painting that was painted by a man by the name of Antonio Ciceri in 1871. So not a really new portrait, but um, it is this man's idea after he read this set of verses that we're getting ready to read. It's what he, I suppose, seen in his mind. He painted this, and and others have tackled this as well. You can find paintings. But um, let's, let's read these verses here in John chapter 18, starting in verse 28. And it's, it's a description of the scene here that's portrayed in this painting. So John 18, verse 28. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate went out unto them and said, What accusation bring you against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this, this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out, 
again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then, they, then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe, and said, Hail, king of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again, and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. So for a few minutes here this morning, I want to behold the man. We have a lot of scriptures that we can deal with that are, they talk about tangible things and they reference the spirit. So when, when we're reading this and, and we want to behold the man Jesus, he's not here today. His spirit is. We know that. But he's not here. So like this man did in painting a painting, when we read this, we can see things in our mind. Or, or when we go through some of these scriptures about this man Jesus we, we have to make the comparison. We have to understand the comparison of what's being said and what Jesus is talking about. So why was this trial happening? We kind of have a, a bit of a trial drama here in this picture. And it's why was this happening? Um, Jesus, the man, when, when he first came on the scene, if you can start to imagine, like this guy did that painted the painting, he was a controversial figure. Some of the things he said early on, uh, John chapter 2, he said that if you tear the temple down, I can build it in three days. And several people said, yeah, right, it took us 42 years to build that. Um, pretty quickly then, John chapter 5, he healed a man on the Sabbath. And at that point, the religious leaders already at that time in his ministry decided that uh, they, they were plotting how they would kill him already at this point. So uh, another statement he made, I want to read John chapter 6. Let's go look at this one. This is, um, here again, if you don't know what's going on, this, this statement is nearly bizarre. John chapter 6, verse 48. Let's start reading there. We're breaking into the middle here, but we'll just do that. Uh, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. 
He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. The people of that day, like you've seen their question there, uh, strove among themselves, said, how can this be? How can you, how can you eat this man's flesh? And this was puzzling. Um, yet, is crazy as that sounded then how did we get here Uh, more statements he made uh, fascinating John chapter 8 the I think that's the woman caught in adultery Um, it was almost like Jesus said he had the power to forgive sins because he said that when all the people came and brought him and they, they were already thinking about killing him so they were trying to trap him And he said, okay, whoever has no sin among you, cast the first stone. And they all, one by one, left. He didn't have any sin, but he said, I don't condemn you either. So these people are still puzzled and and were building to to his crucifixion, obviously. He said, I am the light of the world. What does that mean? That was also in John chapter 8. Um then he said another saying he said if a man keeps my sayings he shall not see death i think we come across that that's a common theme Uh, john chapter 10 verses 17 and 18 let's look at those that's a his statements are starting to move and get a little more powerful um Verse 17, John chapter 10. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. Fascinating. Who is this man, Jesus, anyway? Can you imagine what these people were thinking? They, the leaders, like I said already by this point, had started even more to try to develop a plan to kill this man. Makes you wonder why. Um, Possibly they were afraid that he would take their power. Um, What else did he say? They asked him, tell us plainly, are you the Christ? And he said, I and my father are one. And eventually he said, I am the son of God. He said, I am the resurrection. And then one that really pushed him over the edge, which is somewhat puzzling to me, is when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And it became really apparent that this man, Jesus, had more power than any other man. And yet his, his, uh, his disciples also didn't totally grasp this. And he started to make statements to them that were confusing. Um, Then he went in John chapter 13 while they're having a meal and washed their feet. And that was a servant's job. He said some, some statements that were confusing. Let's turn over to John 14. Uh, We'll look for verse 4. I think we can kind of get the idea of the confusion they were dealing with. 
John chapter 14, verse 4. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? I, I read this, and I just sense their confusion. Now, we do have a little bit more knowledge than they did at that point, but uh, he also said... Uh, I want to go down a few more verses here in 14. Let's look, go to verse 16 and start reading there. Uh, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that, you may ab- that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall live also. I may have skipped over it, but somewhere or another, he prophesies his death here. So this is for his disciples, and then maybe he's not preaching this to the whole world at at this stage of, of John's writings, but how can he die? And, and then he's going to come back. It's just a little bit confusing. Um, so what I, what I was thinking is, when I read of all this confusion, or the, the leaders decided that they weren't confused, they were going to kill him. That, that was pretty easy. They had it figured out which way they wanted to go. Thinking about the responses that people had to this man, Jesus. Um, the Jews or the leaders sought to kill him. His disciples believed because of the works he had done or the miracles that he had done. But they eventually forsook him and fled. Um, Pilate, guy in this picture, he tried to be political with it. He tried to appease the people, and he asked all the questions and said, I don't, I don't really find any fault with this man. But as the, um, the pagan government leader, he still scourged him. Seemed like he was kind of a ruthless man, too, to to try to get his way. One of his disciples, uh, Judas, just straight out betrayed him. Now, we have, here today in 2021, we have the privilege of living after all this happened. And we are aware that the resurrection of Jesus Christ really did happen. All of those people back then had to make a decision. 
Who is this man? And what does he mean? What, what are all of these statements talking about that he's saying? We have the luxury of knowing now, and, and it doesn't take us quite as much imagination to know what it means to eat his flesh and drink his blood. But we still have a decision to make. Who is this man, Jesus Christ, and what will we do with him? Because the world that we live in today has all of the knowledge, has the Bible that we have. The world that we live in today, a lot of people will say, yeah, it, historically, I suppose he existed. He's probably just a prophet. I don't, I don't really see it that way. I don't, I don't know that we can, uh, here on the, the right side of the picture, you can see possibly Pilate's wife. She's about the only one you can see looking at her. She's the one that said in the book of Matthew, I think Matthew records, she, she called Pilate and said, have nothing to do with this man. I don't think that's possible today. Because Jesus Christ existed, because he said the things he said, we either believe what he said or the things he said like eating his flesh are just crazy and we write him off as nothing but I'm, I'm speaking to a crowd of believers so I think I know where you all fall on that that part of the spectrum um, if you don't believe I would ask that you would reconsider, but if you do believe, then do you behold him, this man Jesus, who we believe to be the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, God himself, do you behold him and see him every day in, in the small things of your life? Um, when I do that, when I look at what I have in my life, and I ask myself that question what will I do with this man, Jesus? It's, it's nearly comical because I look at it and say, look what he has done with me. That, that's the important part of it. And I had a, an opportunity here recently. Let's, let's go to another, uh, another reading in John chapter 12, uh, which I'm here. Let's see. John chapter 12, verse 37. Uh, this experience I had is not one I'm proud of, but we'll talk about it here. So let's read this. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's what Sheldon read for us this morning. Therefore... They could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. I, I work in an office, and a couple weeks ago, I decided to go to lunch like I do every day, and had plenty to do, so I just punched in an order on the app and drove to the restaurant, picked up my food, 
And when I was pulling out of the restaurant, <clears throat> there was, excuse me, the driveways come together of a, a gas station beside the restaurant and sitting over on the curb, I seen a lady, mm, 30s probably, with a young child, I, I would guess about two. She was a little bit bigger than Hayes, uh, sitting there, seemed pretty happy, sitting on the curb and the stroller was sitting there with her bag of things and it kind of had the lean going on there. She had in her hands the wheel to the stroller. Um, I wasn't particularly in a hurry, but another car coming in, so I had to stop, and there she was. Um, and I thought, this is where I went wrong in this one. I immediately thought, should I go over there? Um, and and this, this all lasted about 30 seconds. It really didn't take that long. And then I was like, well, it looks like she knows what's going on. It looks like she has it under control. I think the child was eating something. Uh, the diaper bag, I think that's what that was sitting there. She was working on it, had the wheel in her hands. So I was like, if I go over there, am I just going to make her feel like I think that she's less than, like I'm going to come in here and make this all better? So I just kept on going. I didn't go over there. And I went out on the road and went past. I had another opportunity. I could have turned right and went right back in. Nah, I don't, want, I don't want to make her feel like I think that she needs my help. It looked like she had it pretty well under control. So I went back to work and ate my lunch, got done working. I think it was, I was on the way home that afternoon. And that, that little 30-second episode came back to me. And I don't think that I was beholding Jesus in the everyday part of my life. Because like he stands here, he said to me, that, that woman is, is mine. I made her. I created her. And that child, I created her too. And then it was almost like he put his hands on his hips and told me, son, I sent you to help her. You didn't listen. You have everything that I said. So even though I know, and I, I'm not like the Jewish leaders, and I'm not like his disciples where the resurrection hadn't happened yet, I'm not like Pilate. I think I listened to the, the noise of this world a little bit too much in that. And I, I felt like that I would be better off not confessing his name. That's what I didn't do. I could have went over there and just simply said, I wouldn't have put her down any at all and said, do you need any help? That'd be pretty easy. <laughs> but I fell into the the feeling that I think all these people had that brought them to this point where most of them in some way were consenting unto his death. So in all the experiences that we have, 
in this coming week, I would encourage us to behold this man, Jesus. We have the scriptures. And I don't know if you've noticed, but everything I've referenced at this point is in the book of John. That's just one of the gospels. There's three more. And I think some, one of these writers said somewhere, if we wrote everything that he did, the book wouldn't contain it. Let's go, let's go looking for Jesus. Let's, let's look at him. That's what behold means is to look at. Let's behold him. And we really do have that decision to make. It can feel like I believe, I confessed and was baptized. But now, that's what it really means. To eat his flesh and drink his blood is to live that close to him. That's, that's what that means. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. This, I think, kind of sums up what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 talks about, kind of lays it out as a race. This, this is our life. This is our coming week. And when we'll behold Jesus, looking unto, uh, verse 2, or beholding Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, or behold him, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. That was an easy little 30-second experience I had. We hear testimony of missionaries in Haiti who could very well be striving against sin and resisting unto blood. But in beholding this man, he wants us to act. I went by there the next day and she wasn't there anymore. The door was, the door was shut. The opportunity was gone. I mean, it, it's just a little thing. I can, I can repent. I can move on, right? Um, he's in everything. His spirit lives inside us. And the, the noise of the world, we're going to have to decide. We're going to have to decide every day. <coughs> Who is this man, Jesus? Who is he to me? Did he make a difference with me? This is what he said, John chapter 17. In conclusion here is what he said about us. In the beginning of the chapter, Jesus prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And then in verse 20, John chapter 17, verse 20, he's praying for us. Neither pray I for these alone, the disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that, they would, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them and hast 
thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus, by his Spirit, is living in us. Let's bow in prayer. Almighty God, Father in heaven, my heart is soft this morning because of the, the things I see when I behold your Son by your Spirit that you, you bring to me, to us, and explain all of these things. Help me, help us to remember who you are. And when we behold you, that while we need to decide to follow you, to remember what you have done for us. Your son, you sent your only son, and he came and he went and died alone as an atonement for our sins, which is something that we cannot do. We do not have the power, and he had the power to do it, to lay down his life and to take it back. We are aware of all of his statements, we believe by faith. And I pray today for inspiration from your spirit. When you send the people in my life, I pray for your spirit to be so powerful that I will confess your name before the whole world in whatever the situation is. I still remember the missionaries in Haiti that are taken captive. I just don't feel like we can, we can pray to you enough. Sitting on your throne, we know that whatever the result is, it will be for your glory. So we pray for your spirit to dwell in them, in their families. And when your will is worked out, that people's faith will be built up, whether it's anyone involved in the kidnapping, whether it's the kidnappers themselves or the families, any of us, we can see the example of Jesus Christ himself in everything that we do. Father, I thank you for this time of worship, and I pray your blessing on our day in Jesus' name. Amen. This would be the time for announcements as far as upcoming events here at Cornerstone. Wednesday of this week will be church cleanup. And then six days from today on Saturday, we will have our love feast starting at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. There will be a noon meal. Uh, 
uh, 2 p.m. there'll be self-examination service and this year it's different 5 p.m. will be the communion service next Saturday then Sunday morning looking to see you all here at 7:30 for morning worship 8 o'clock